I remember when I was a kid, the apostle, stand up, please. The apostle, when I was a kid, would be like this, hand on your head and and bam, like that. It's very this. And then I read a book where it said, an apostle is the father to the fatherless church. And the posture is a whole lot more like this. Coming behind, alongside. That's discipleship. Discipleship is walking together. And especially I could say that with Tyler. Tyler and I have been walking together for years. It's crazy to say that, isn't that nuts? Years together. And not just in here on Sunday. We meet every Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock. You could set a bomb under those chairs and Wednesday morning, 7 o'clock, you're going to get us. You're going to kill us. We've been doing Bible study there for years. And that is amazing to say. That's discipling. It's coming alongside. It truly is face in their story. Today, when you live in love, you love others. You lift others up. You care enough to bring change and prodding and nudging and guidance and care and concern and discipleship. But today, we're going to talk about love, praise. Love, praise. Have you ever seen at a circus, the clown car. I don't know if our kids that are with us would even have been able to go to a circus and see a clown car. When I was a kid, Abraham Lincoln was president, and I was a kid, right? That's what it seems like. Like the Clown cars, these clowns would just come out, right? It's a VW bug, right? It's got two bucket seats and barely one sizable person in the back. How did 17 clowns keep coming? Like they just keep coming out and they just keep coming out and then somebody else and comes. The clowns just keep coming. That's what I thought of. I'm thinking about prayer and I thought of the clown car. It just keeps coming. It just keeps going. I thought of Jesus with the loaves and the fishes. I was having breakfast with Josh this week. He told me a story that happened for him several times, actually, where food just multiplied. Just multiplied. You fed 1,000 people, and it went down that much. Like, it just, it just kept being there. And I just wondered about that, like, with, how do you do that? How do you, like, rip off a loaf, and there's another loaf? I don't know. Is that what was happening? You got a bucket of fish, and you reach in, and there's still just more fish. Like, it just kept Coming. They're handing it out. Five loaves of fish fed 15,000 people. And then it wasn't just like, we've got that done. They had 12 baskets full left over. What is the deal with that? Like it just kept coming. I read through our readings for this week as we read Revelation chapter 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. Got just a few more weeks. And if you've been with it the whole time, we will have read the entire New Testament. That's quite a deal. That's a wonderful, wonderful accomplishment. So I'm reading in Revelation chapter 8. And this will be the chapter that you read tomorrow. So I wasn't even hardly in the week's readings when this thing for prayer just hits me. I look at verse 3 and I look at verse 4. And I'm reading out of the NIV. Revelation 3 
I'm sorry, Revelation chapter 8, verse 3. Another angel who had a golden censer came and stood at the altar. He was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. I'm going to read three again. This angel had a golden censer. He came and he stood at the altar and he was given much incense to offer with the prayers of all the saints. The prayers of all the saints on the golden altar before the throne. Verse 4, the smoke of the incense together with the prayers of all the saints went up before God from the angel's hand. What? The prayers of all the saints concentrated in one space at the end of time? Not just the prayers of the American Christians, not just the prayers of those New Covenant folk, but like the prayers of all the saints. And I began to think of what that looked like as I just came and came. And I probably had the same thought that you're thinking right now. Bruce Almighty. It's exactly where my mind went. Jim Carrey and Bruce Almighty, where he gets to be God, and he's trying to handle all the prayers, and he's like, I've got to do something with all these prayers. And he says, I will make filing cabinets. And so as God would do, he says, filing cabinets, and then like filing cabinets all over the room. He goes, this is going to be a little awkward to walk around the room. And he said, let's see, not filing cabinets. Then he said, post-its, and post-its. A snowstorm of yellow post-its. And he runs into his bedroom and he looks. His wife's covered with post-its. The room is covered with post-its. The lamps are covered with post-its. Everywhere, the prayers of the saints that just come and come and come. And I ask myself, what is prayer anyway? Have you ever struggled with, like, what is prayer anyway? What is it? Prayer is talking, prayer is listening. Prayer is a conversation, prayer is communication. I know as an early minister, early on in my walk as a pastor and a minister, I like collected books on prayer. I would read way more than I prayed because I just, I'm like, what is this anyway? And my library has lots of books on prayer as I tried to get my head around what's actually going on when I'm praying, like what's the deal? Is it a list? Is it informing our Father? A list informing our Father. We take some time. It's better when you do it in the morning because he needs to know early. Are we informing God? Hey, and don't forget this and this. And by the way, I need that. And that daily bread thing, that. And like, that just always felt a little off for me. Not saying that can't be done, but it just... I just felt like I was missing something in the whole exercise, whole engagement. Like, I'm just getting up and telling you things that, frankly, I think you already know. So that was weird for me. And then it was mentioned earlier, Tyler said it. Like, do we think we have more compassion than God? And I liken it to, like, startup money. So, so uh, Shannon's going to do a, a business, and she needs 50 grand. Okay, well, maybe we actually have a prayer request here. Who knows what's going on right now? God might be actually moving among us. Okay. 
And I've used this example before. So I go to my friend Joe, and I say, Joe, Shannon has a need. And Joe might say, well, I, didn't, I don't even know Shannon, but God knows Shannon. So then it would probably go like this. Well, I know Shannon. Well, okay, so Shannon is really a good person. And she's got this cool business plan, and she's figured it out, and she's worthy of your investment. If, if I could convince you of that, she's worthy. And, and I love Shannon, and you don't know her, but if you knew her, you'd love her too. And, and if you just, because you love me, and 50 grand is what she needs, come on, can I convince? He's like, well, let's talk tomorrow. Okay, I'll be back tomorrow, and I'm going to keep trying to convince you to love someone more than I love them. That just doesn't hit me right either. I just don't think we love anyone more than God loves them. I don't think I have more compassion for, I don't think I have more compassion for myself, for my family. I don't think I have more compassion for that than what God has. That just struck me weird. I'm not informing him. I, I, I clearly don't have more compassion than he does. And then I thought about prayer being an aligning, and then that started to feel better to me. Like, that started to feel like, yes, because number one, I needed it. When I sit with God and listen, and listen, and hear, and talk, and hear. And frankly, people say you don't learn anything when you're talking. Eh, uh, may, like mostly. But I know a lot of times I'm saying something and I, things get clarified for me as I say them sometimes. Something comes out of my mouth and it's like, okay, I need to remember that. And it came out of my own mouth and I'm like, I need to remember that. Like that was clarifying. So when I'm with God, talking, listening, in his presence, in this space, that's what I think is one of the most beautiful parts of being here on a Sunday. We miss you when you're not here. We're glad when you are here, when you can be here. I think what happens for you, and you're blessing other people, but what happens for you as an attendee is you get recalibrated. I know I'm not the only one that experiences that. When I go, and I'm loving God all week, I got it. I'm loving the Lord all week, but I veer off or I, I get distracted or cares of life, all those things in the story of the soil, right? All that stuff, right? We have an enemy of our soul that tries to distract us, all that, right? And then I come back in here and it feels like I get realigned, like I get recalibrated. I'm not going, oh, didn't love Jesus on Friday, love him now. Like that's not what I'm saying. But there is this thing where I'm like, oh, yes, yes. And so I'm in his presence, and it aligns me with his timing and with his purpose. How many of you could say amen and attest to the fact, say yes, oh yes, <laughs> to the fact that knowing God's timing and purpose makes a difference? When we know, okay, Lord, this is your timing, your purpose. I may not know anything else, but I feel like you're here. I'm where I'm supposed to be. And we're walking together. That makes a lot of difference. A lot of difference. So the alignment for sure. And then, I couldn't tell you every single year, but it feels like every single year there's a revelation that I get. Every single year it feels like it. It's probably not every year, but it's pretty close. Every year there's just some insight that becomes a bigger insight for me as a person, a Christian, a leader, and, and, and this year, 20, 2022, the insight for me this year was a revelation that I received early in the year as we're reading through the New Testament, right? January, February, March, we're reading through the Gospels. 
And the revelation that I got this year was about prayer. It was about prayer. And it was this realization that as I'm reading the stories, I started to read the red letter gospel stories of Jesus. And I began to see that Jesus is like going from here to here. That line is not swinging through my room. He's going from this place to this place. That line is not swinging around this section. But somebody in this section says, Jesus. And they grab his attention. And he comes over and he does something in their life. And he's going across. And I'm like, well, he's not really looking at me. He's already, I'm already looking at his back. And I go, son of David. And he turns and he says, who, who was He's walking along, and there's a story of someone that swept their hand across his clothes. And he stopped. This is crazy. He stopped, and he's like, who touched me? Somebody should have said, you're Jesus. You should know who touched you. What kind of silly thing is that? Is it a trick question? You're Jesus. But he said, who touched me? And they're like, what are you talking about? People are bumping all against you. He goes, yeah, but somebody touched me with faith. And when they touched me with faith, I wasn't coming here to heal them. Let's read the story. I wasn't coming here to heal them, but they touched me with faith. And the scripture says virtue or power came out of me. He didn't even know what was going on. That's unbelievable. That's nuts. Are you saying that my faith and my prayer can reach out and touch him and extract power? And he looks around and he goes, hey. <laughs> That's like the people that come up and tap you on the shoulder and you look over your shoulder like the road, like what? Yes, that's a story. That's the realization for me. And it's changed the way I pray. Because you see, I actually think he knows everything. But apparently there's something powerful when I intercede, when I invite him into a space, when he's there and they're there, and the Venn diagram circles aren't crossing, and I say, Lord, heal. Lord, lift up. Lord, comfort. It's one of the biggest hangups I have. My own personal understanding is, why do I have to do that if you already know it? But that's what I saw in the Gospels. He's walking through some space and someone calls his name and he takes a detour and a miracle happens. If you're so inclined, read through the Gospels again and look and see how many times that happens. He's headed a particular trajectory and someone calls him over here and he deviates over and boom. One of the older insights that I've had is this, and really the heart of what is probably we're talking about today. We pray for those that we love. Full of shockers today, aren't I? <laughs> we pray for those we love. Who do you pray for? If you have a routine, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but if you have a discipline, a prayer discipline, a routine, and you pray for people, the folks on your list are they people you love? They are people you love. We pray for those we love. But you know what else I realized? We begin to love those we pray for. 
We pray for those we love, but we begin to love those people that we pray for. Has anyone ever heard of Stormy Omardian? Looks like Omartian, but it's not. <laughs> Omartian. Stormy Omardian. She's a Christian author, popular in the last 20, 30 years. She wrote this book, which was leveraging this principle that we pray for those we love. We pray for those we love. And she leveraged this principle and wrote books, The Power of a Praying Parent. Who do you think that parent's praying for? Their kids. She's leveraging the fact that I pray for people I love. The power, I looked it up this morning. I looked through Stormy O'Martian books. I went on Amazon, looked through. She has the power of a praying mom, the power of a praying dad, the power of a praying step-parent, grandparent, uncle, power of a, a Pomeranian pet owner. Like, every, like she's got everything, the whole deal, like all this stuff leveraging, leveraging that I will pray for people I love. But today's call is will we love people? Will we live in love? And will it be manifest because we pray for people we don't yet love? I get it. You're going to pray for the people you love, but you will begin to love the people you pray for. I got a scenario to run by you. Isaac, you're just always sitting on the front row, buddy. Sometime you'll learn and not do that. I need a strapping teenage boy, and that's you, pal. Sorry, Tyler. So, so I get word, I got two scenarios for you. I get word that somebody hurt Emma. Let it tell me Emma's been hurt. It's a boy. Now, that could be hurt her feelings or, God forbid, a sexual assault. Right? I get word about that. And I find out it's Isaac. Tense in here, and I'm making up a story. That red Dodge Ram is going to be heading south. The boot store will be a blur. As I turn on a country road and throw gravel in his driveway. Right? Yeah. I don't think that's a stretch for you. <laughs> Scenario two is Emma's been hurt. It's a boy. It's Chip. That changes everything. You see how I will storm out, gun in hand, headed to Isaac's to tear that boy in half because he hurt my baby. When it's my son that hurt my daughter, that's a different story. That's Jesus' world. That's the world of the Father. That's the world that our Father lives in.
when people perpetrate things so evil, so heinous, and so wrong. And yet they're a son and daughter just like the son and daughter that was hurt. So how do we pray? And who's on a, who is not on our list? Like, I'm not praying for that person. My question would be why? Because they need the prayer. And we begin to love those that we pray for. John Maxwell was at Highlands College this week. He was a professor in, in residence, and I listened to his message to the chapel, the college chapel. He said this, As he said it, I wrote it into my phone for right now. If I see you as weak, I'll help you. If I see you as broken, I'll fix you. But if I see you as valuable, I'll serve you. And that's how we become servant leaders. I see value in you. And I will serve you because I see you as valuable. And if I see you as lost, I will love you. And we know love, praise. Love, praise. Love overlooks, love lifts, love disciples, and love, praise. I want you to look in uh, closing here, 1 Corinthians uh, 9 19. I'm reading out of the message. Even though I am free of the demands and expectations of everyone, I have voluntarily become a servant to any and all. Voluntarily serving any and all in order to reach a wide range of people. Think of the people that you love. Think of the people that you pray for and put them against this list. The religious, the non-religious, the meticulous moralists, the loose-living immoralists, the defeated, the demoralized, whoever. He's taken both ends of the spectrum, polar opposites. Wherever you land, he says, whoever. I didn't take on their way of life and I kept my bearings in Christ, but I entered their world. You know the way you can do that? Prayer. You can enter someone's world through praying for them. The person that doesn't deserve it. The one that hurt her that I don't love the same way I love that one. But both worthy of grace and intercession I entered their world. I tried to experience things from their point of view. I've become just about every sort of servant there is in my attempts to lead those I meet to a God-saved life. And I did all this because of the message. I didn't just want to talk about it. I wanted to be in on it. You want to be in on it? In on it. In on the praying. In on what love does. Living in love actually. In on it. In on the privilege of prayer. You see, there's a couple things going on here. We're all being invited to pray. So we're in on the invitation. 
But we also have to be in on the inviting. It's a kind of a bizarre, spirally thing. Chip and I have been talking lately about circular reasoning. That's what this kind of feels like. Like I'm invited to pray so I can invite Jesus in. I'm invited to pray so I can invite Jesus in. Haven't you been prompted to pray by the Spirit so that you can pray the mind of the Spirit for a situation? That's what's going on. Let me help you with what's going on. The Spirit of God is prompting me to say and speak into someone's life with compassion and love so that in that moment, I actually invite him into that space. Anybody can do it. And everyone can do it for anybody. And we talked about it earlier. You get to pick your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? It's the one you gave grace to. That's your neighbor. I get to pick. I get to pick who I'm gracious to. Gracious to my son because he's my son? Okay. But the heart of the father, who's not his son? Who's not his daughter? How does he look at any of us differently? It's it just doesn't match the message. He loves us all. We're all sojourners. We all travel together. So my question would be this. Who do you want to pray for now? We can close here right now. Who do you want to pray for right now? Maybe if you close your eyes, maybe you want to do that. I don't know, it's a lot of people close their eyes when they pray. Maybe you're just... I'm in that space right now, praying, closing your eyes. Who do you want to pray for now? And then maybe another question would be, who do you not want to pray for now? (laughs) Who's like, I'm not praying for that person. Like, I'm not doing that. Okay. Lord, help us with your love. Help us live in love. Now, how would you pray for them? What are you going to do right now? We got a couple minutes. We can pray right now. What do the words need to be? Maybe it's listening. Lord, I'm listening. Put somebody on my heart. Put someone, and that may be a surprise. You may be in here, and God put me on your heart. You're like, whoa, that can't be right. Oh, no, my friend, that can be right. (laughs) I can be your guy. But you need to pray for me. Is it a friend at school? Someone in the neighborhood? Are they younger than you? Are you a child and you're praying for an adult because they come to your mind? Someone you've seen, someone you haven't seen, someone you know their name, you don't even know their name. You just pray. And here's what I find. You may start slow, but it starts to build. It starts to grow. The words come to us. The words of reconciliation. The words of care. Frankly, the words of love. We don't know their heart. Maybe you're close enough to them to know that. A lot of the time, what I'm talking about right now is you're praying for people you don't even know their heart. You don't live with them. They might be national figures. They might be leaders at some level. And you're prompted to pray? Yes. 
Yes. You're in on it. He says, I did everything I could to be in on it. I'm not missing that moment. A lot of times I pray for myself. You pray for yourself. Okay, if that's what's prompted, pray it. We're inviting him in. Inviting him in. Every person in here can do this. Every person in here is called to do this. Every person in here has that opportunity to do this. And then what happens is the love grows. Love is not shown by doing good to those who do good to to you. (laughs) So in this moment, we're just going to take a few minutes. Tony's going to come up here and transition us out. But I'm going to invite you where you're sitting. You can stand. We're going to take a few moments. And I'm inviting you to step into a space of praying as you feel prompted. I don't even know what that means. No problem. If you feel something hit your mind, you know, maybe you call it your heart, your mind, your whatever, you feel a nudge. Not defining any of that, whatever. This is a holy place. This is a spirit-filled place right now. And you can trust those things. Lord, I may be praying for those that I love. I understand that I will begin to love those that I pray for. And so in this room, wherever there's contention, wherever there's strife, pray for your peace. Pray for the balm of healing. I pray for your spirit to flow like a salve, like oil, like anointing to come and cover us and heal us. Heal us and help us. Quicken us today in this moment to pray, but quicken us as we leave. Help us live in love, not just in this building. When we see people, we drive around, we see somebody and we're prompted that we could simply say two, three, four, five, six words. Blessing, help, care, safety, provision. Love, acceptance, belonging. And those for whom it's difficult, God, help us see that we're all sons and daughters. Probably the ones that rub us the wrong way are the ones that we can actually do some business with and pray for and actually you change us as much as you change them. Lord, we are an interceding church today. We are intercessors. We're praying for others. We're praying for the light of the gospel. The light of not just a doctrine, but your love, who you are. You are the good news. You are the gospel. But that light fills and shines on us. goes through us. God, I pray for provision in people today. During this season, when they need money, bring it. Help us give it. Help us know. Let interactions happen. For those of us who have been blessed, help us look for and listen to see and hear opportunities, to be your hands and feet where there's great sorrow in this time of year. God, help us. Help us be love and care and compassion and kindness and patience and long-suffering. Lord, let that fruit of the Spirit grow out of us as we pray. Help us pray. If we have to do battle against an enemy, if we have to do battle against spiritual darkness, help us pray. Give us authority 
Help us understand the power of the blood and the power of our testimony. Help us pray deliverance and freedom from the power of the enemy, from bondage. We speak against it in the name of Jesus. Break free. Break free. Break free. You invite us and we invite you, and that's how this goes. So God, give us courage today. Give us understanding today. Help every one of us know we can do this. Help every one of us know we're called to do it, we're old enough to do it, we're worthy to do it. Tony, come on up, buddy. Pray you walk out of here with that strength, that awareness, with that power, with that grace. You become a prayer machine. Said I wasn't going to cry. If you don't know me, I'm wired pretty emotionally. And um, so I, I spend time thinking, all right, how do I make this practical? This is, this is next steps. What do we do next? And so because I kind of live in that emotional world, I will often say, what's something very simple and practical I can do? Arnick said this morning back in the room, we got together before service. He's like, I just trust God to bring it all together. Several months ago, I started. Sunday morning, I look around and I think, God just dropped somebody in my heart or somebody catches my mind. Um, I said, remind you on my phone. At 9 o'clock at night, it goes off and somebody's name comes up. Just a practical way to pray for somebody. Evan, it was you this past week. It was Tyler the week before. It's been Dan. The very first week, it was Jeremy and Kelsey. It's been Shane. And just God touched them. God ministered to them. Just touch them at this moment, whatever it might be. And is Katie still sitting in here somewhere? You messed that up for me today. Because y'all are easy to love. Oftentimes, the people that we struggle to love and to show, because we see a little bit of something in them that maybe we see in us. I don't want to do business with that. I don't want to open that up and I uh, and Tyler goes and says you know nobody loves God more than we you know people more than God does nobody's more compassionate and Katie to, to come to that space of God I'm not going to ask you to remove that from my life anymore but to use that and you flow through that it's not an easy place to get proud of you for that I don't even know you and I'm super proud of you for that and so this week, I'm believing the name's going to be somebody that's maybe a little harder for me to pray for this week, whether it's because of me or because of them or because of us or whatever that might be. But for your next step this week to be seen, God, I want to be so filled with your love that no matter how hard it might be for me or what it might require of me, oh, flow through me, work through me to make a change and make a difference. But so I challenge you this week. Push yourself outside of that box a little bit. I'm still going to pray for you guys. But God, what's the bigger picture? What's the thing that will truly show your love to those around me? Let me quickly pray again. Father,
take us out of our comfort zones this week? Not in a scary place necessarily, but in a place that is filled with your love and your peace and your strength. Lord, help us this week to step out of the boat, step onto the water, keeping our eyes on you, knowing that you've got a bigger plan, a bigger purpose, and that your love is enough. It's great. It's huge. It's gracious. And Lord, this week, remind us that love prays. That's our next step, Father. We trust in you. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Have a great day.